Yes, it's Monday, and only a fool wouldn't know what that means, or someone who's never listened to the show before, of course. It means we're going to talk about ghosts. I'm going to talk about them, you're going to listen, and together we're going to get both scared and hopefully entertained. How have you all been? I'll wait for a response. Yes, you sat alone on the bus with your earphones in. Give a nod. Very good. Well done, everybody. Well, today we've got a belter show for you. Of course, we've got Becca returning for her paranormal Reddit corner. We've got some of your fantastic listener ghost stories. And of course, I'm going to give a little paranormal review out as well. Yes, I am. But first and foremost, before we get into all that, I of course need to say a big thank you to the people who keep the show going. The Patreons. Hooray! When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you get two extra shows each and every week, you get one where I ramble all of my thoughts in my head, and one where we do a bit of a paranormal one. Becca's been on them the last, like, five episodes, so there's a load of content for you to go to back. Go to back? Go to back for you to go back and listen to. There's about 200-odd episodes, so it's well worth it, I do believe. Anyway, you get all of that, and I, of course, sing your name out as a thank you. So head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts, just like these wonderful people have. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have five wonderful new Patreons today. We have Catherine, Sarah Dowell Crooks, John Bolan, Ben Waters, and Ash Yarwood. And this is for you. Oh, yeah. A Catherine, John Bolan, and Sarah Dowell Crooks. Ben Waters and Ash Yarwood. You sign up to the Patreon, and I want to see. Thank you. Ended it on a seventh. Done a bit of a dodgy falsetto there, though. So thank you very much, guys. Don't forget, if you want access to all of those over 200 extra episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now let's have a paranormal review, shall we? So today on today's paranormal review, where I review so you don't have to. Don't think about it because it doesn't make sense. I'm going to review a podcast. Now, it's very rare that I do this because who the hell am I? Albeit a podcaster, it's none of my business to talk about someone else's show, unless it's in a positive way. So that's what I'm going to do. So today, I'm going to tell you about a podcast that you may very well be aware of because it's within the paranormal sphere, of course. This is a paranormal review. And it's a show called Monsters Amongst Us. And it's very, very good. It's done by a guy called Derek Haynes, I think. Or Hayes, might be. Either way. Uh, basically, listeners of his show call up and they leave voicemails where they tell their paranormal experiences. It's very well put together. It's a nice size. It's like over an hour, hour and a half sometimes. And uh, yeah, it's great to put on if you're just doing housework or you you know you want some paranormal goodness going into your ears and some really interesting stories as well by his listeners. Occasionally what he does as well is he'll talk about a legend of a particular area and then he'll play some news snippets like audio of a news report about that phenomena. So it's really well done, and it's a, it's a constant listen. It's always on my playlists. When a new episode comes out, I'm like, yes, get in. So I suggest you do the same. Go and add it to your playlist, your subscriptions, whatever it is you do on your podcatcher. Anyway, yeah, Monsters Amongst Us. Go check it out. Two thumbs up to the sky. And it's time for my favourite parts of the show. I say that about every part, don't I? Maybe I just love the whole show. How very self-absorbed. Anyway, it's your 
listener ghost stories, which I fucking love, pardon my French. Anyway, we've had an amazing email. Oh, just to say, we've had a lot of emails from people saying, we don't hear any updates about the neighbour's cat anymore. Is good old NC okay? Well, let me just say there will be an update later on in Becca's Red Corner, and she's not been the most pleasant of little kitties. Let me just say that much. Anyway, it's time for our first story, and we've had an email in from Amy, and Amy writes, Hi Kev, hi, Becca, hi, and the NC. Meow. Your podcast is hands down my favourite. Oh, well, thank you. And I've long been thinking about sending in a story of my own. Truth is, thinking back on what happened, even now, gives me chills. It's taken me a while to pluck up the courage to go back through everything. How good is that for an intro? Well, I say it's very good, even if you disagree. So, this is Amy's story. My story isn't of a single paranormal event. It's more a collection of strange events that happened to me and my family while we lived in a 12-bedroom farmhouse in rural Somerset. I was born in the late 80s, and we lived at this house until 2001. To give my story some context, there are several important details that I need to explain. I can imagine that telling someone that I grew up in a 12-bedroom manor house conjures up images of a lavish, sprawling luxury house. However, This house was anything but. My family were tenant farmers. My parents rented the farmhouse, farm and some of the land that my dad would farm. The farm was pretty isolated, situated in a small hamlet, surrounded by apple orchids with a scattering of cottages. My parents worked extremely hard and my brother and I had a great upbringing being feral on the farm. However, the house was in a pretty bad way. The original house was built in the mid-17th century. It was once a grand manor house for the hamlet. It had a servant's quarters on the third floor and a stable block attached to house the horses. There was a later part added around 100 years later following a fire where part of the house burnt down. In brackets, I believe that this fire was a key factor in most of the unusual activity in the house. The fire broke out in the stables. The main stable door opened inwards, and as the horses panicked, they pushed up against the door, meaning they couldn't be saved. The fire spread to the main house, and in total, four horses and two stable boys were burned to death, and two servants in the main house died of smoke inhalation. I didn't find out about the fire and the deaths until we moved in 2001. In the 1900s, the house was used as a nursing home for the elderly. There were rooms for staff and patients. Back to the house in the early 90s, inside the plaster was crumbling from the walls in the corridors and hallways. It was damp and we didn't have any central heating. Instead, we had a big open fireplace that my mum had to light each morning to warm the rooms. The windows were single pane with lead in between, the kind that got ice on the inside in the winter. Really bloody cold. And this leads me onto my first encounter. As the house was cold, the smallest bedroom was the warmest, as it had the airing cupboard in the corner. This was the room that my parents used as the nursery. First for me, and then my brother two years later. I was only small when this happened, so I can't remember it. My mum told me that she could hear me crying in my cot. She would come in to check on me, and I would point to the corner, tears streaming down my face and say, man, man, man. She tried to convince herself this was just some sort of bad dream, 
but it happened numerous times. The strangest thing is that once my brother came along, I moved to a different room so that he could have the nursery. Once my brother was old enough to talk, he would also cry and talk about a strange man in the same room. The nursery room was built in the newer, rebuilt part of the house that had burnt down. I'm really glad that neither of us can remember this. When I was two, my mum was carrying me down the stairs. She was halfway down when she felt something shove her hard in the back. She fell forwards and dropped me. Luckily, neither of us were hurt apart from some bruises. This only ever happened once, but scared my mum so much. There was definitely something not right about the stairs. Something felt really wrong about them. My brother and I hated going upstairs alone. The room I had after the nursery still gives me nightmares to this day. It was large with two big cupboards built into the walls. I vividly remember lying in bed, listening to knocking and scratching coming from those cupboards. Absolutely terrified, I would just lie there, pretend to be asleep, and beg that it would all stop. It didn't happen every night, but some nights it seemed non-stop. Things would move, disappear and reappear in that room. My toys and things would vanish only to show up somewhere totally random. I only ever witnessed this happening once. I think I was around eight or nine. I was sat on my bed and something caught my eye on my desk in the corner. I watched as a glass pot that had pens in it slid across the desk and onto the floor. It didn't fall over and roll. It slowly slid on its base the length of the desk and hit the floor. I never felt so alone as when I did in that room. It was as if someone was watching me the whole time. Growing up, my friends would refuse to come for a sleepover or would come over and then have to go home early because they felt so scared in my room. Speaking to them about it now, they still say that they can remember the horrible, uneasy feeling they had there. I was in the upstairs bathroom once and the doorknob rattled. It was an old-fashioned, rattly brass doorknob. Thinking it was my little brother messing around, I ignored it. Then again, it turned. Then again and again, and each time, harder. I started to get annoyed and shouted for my brother to leave me the hell alone. I'd be out in a minute. I opened the door, all guns blazing, expecting to see my pain-in-the-ass little brother stood there. But he wasn't. The hallway was empty. There was nowhere for him to run and hide. I ran downstairs and he was there in the kitchen with my mum. He'd been there the whole time and it was only us three in the house. When I was four, my mum and dad decided they would put the additional bedrooms to use and start a bed and breakfast. This seemed to spark something in the house and the strange activity ramped up. One evening in summer, some guests were sat in the garden. They went to find my mum, and when they did, they looked really concerned. We're a bit worried about the lady in the upstairs window. Is it your mother? My mum looked really confused. I'm sorry? I don't know what you mean. My mother doesn't live with us, and you're our only guests. They led my mum around to the garden and pointed up to the full-length landing window. The window was empty with no one in sight. 
we keep seeing her standing in the window in her nightdress, like she's trying to get our attention. My mum looked on, baffled. The couple took a lot of convincing that there wasn't an elderly lady either staying as a guest or a family member. To this day, it can't be explained. Was it an apparition of one of the residents from when the house was a nursing home all those years ago? The smell of smoke would suddenly appear. Many people smelt it at different times. It was such a horrible, strong smell. Just as soon as it came, it would vanish. Many guests reported smelling smoke and would worry that there really was a fire. Before the fire in the 18th century, the servants' quarters was accessed via a spiral staircase. This was never rebuilt after the fire. Instead, that area was just bricked up. The new layout meant this bricked-up section was behind a wall in the living room. On several occasions, if you sat in the living room at night, you could hear faint, hurried footsteps going up and down stairs from behind that wall. I'm sorry that my story isn't a nice, neat, chronological one like many others. This is the best job I could do at getting everything down. Thank you for all that you do. Your podcast really helped me keep going through the last couple of years. Amy. Oh, well, thank you for signing off like that. And just to say, Amy has put some photos on that email of the house. So, Amy, if you're listening and you allow it, just drop me an email and I'll throw it up on Facebook too. But where is my phone? Hello. Yes, I need one young and one very old priest immediately to the farmhouse, please. That is terrifying. Oh, my God. Amy, I don't know how you managed to remain there. Genuinely, the idea of that staircase behind the wall, picturing that has put the fear of God into me. It really has. Especially, you know, when you describe it as hurried footsteps. That shouldn't be scary within itself, but I picture like rushing servants up and down the stairs behind a bricked wall. For God's sake, what are you trying to do to me, Amy? That is petrifying. So yeah, Amy, if you're listening and you're okay with me putting those pictures up on Facebook, let me know and I'll throw them up so that everyone can have an idea what the house looked like. But bloody hell, Amy, thank you so much for writing that and sending it in. Lovely, juicy, detailed story. I love it. Thank you so much. Our next story comes in from Kieran, and the title of this is possibly the best title we've ever had for a ghost story that's ever been sent in. It's called The Cat with the Trumpet. Yes. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Becca. And the neighbour's cat. Meow. Ooh. I want to start by saying I am a new listener to your podcast and I think it's great. Why, thank you, Kieran. I'm happy for you to use my first name. Good job we established that now. And haven't named anyone else in my story. I've attached some pictures for context to my story and the below YouTube link for further understanding of my experience. Ooh, very good. This is a short explanation of events and although I do not describe myself as a full sceptic, I do believe seeing is believing. However, I would not like to encounter a ghost. Hmm. There may be several explanations to my story, but I thought it would be of interest to you. I'm sure it will be, Kieran. This is Kieran's story. I'm in my 30s now, so no longer live with my parents. However, growing up, we always lived in one house and never moved. In fact, my parents still live there now. The house is in East London, and directly behind the back garden is a massive cemetery that you can see from the bedroom. I think the cemetery being there really plays into the belief something creepy is in the house, especially when you're young, but as I got older, it didn't really bother me anymore. As a child, I used to tell my parents I would hear voices in my room and noises in the attic, etc. 
However, that would always be played off as an overactive imagination. At about age 13, my nan and granddad bought me a cat holding a trumpet alarm clock. You would set the alarm on it by closing its eyes, and when the time came round, it would play a trumpet tune telling you to wake up. When switching the alarm off, its eyes would reopen. I didn't like the alarm clock and palmed it off pretty much straight away to my parents, who would use it in their room. On several occasions when my parents were out and I was home alone, the alarm would sound. I would go to their room to turn it off and found the alarm was not set and the eyes were open. Thinking this was a glitch, I would set it on and off to stop. After a while, the alarm would sound again. This time round, I reset the alarm for a time hours away, so there should be no chance of it going off. Again, after a short amount of time, the alarm would sound. I increasingly became panicked and nervous about this, to the point I removed all the batteries from the alarm clock. Time passed again, and again, the alarm started to sound. At this point, I was so freaked out, I sat downstairs near the front door waiting for my parents to come home. They eventually did, and again, just played it off as maybe a faulty alarm. This happened several times to me and other family members to the point my dad ended up throwing the clock away. I don't think the clock was haunted, as it was brand new from a shop. Though maybe something in the house or an energy had attached itself to the clock. I only say this because at a younger age, I would complain about an inanimate clown ornament holding a bell I had in my bedroom. I would complain it rang the bell and moved about to the point my parents had to throw it away because it creeped them out too. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Hopefully it all made sense and I hope you found this interesting. Regards, Kieran. Yes, Kieran, I found that both interesting and altogether now bloody terrifying that is especially if you took the batteries out and for those interested in what that alarm clock sounds like so just how upsetting it would be to hear kieran provided a youtube link to that clock going off and this is the noise you would hear from a batteryless alarm clock I mean, we could listen to that for hours. I'm sure you'd all appreciate that too. But yeah, let's be honest. It's not like it's uh, like a bell ringing. You know what I mean? So it could have been a wind-up mechanism. And you could say, well, the batteries are irrelevant. There's no way that audio plays without electricity. If you've removed the batteries, it's time to throw that thing in the drain, baby. That is terrifying. Thank you so much, Kieran, for sending that in. Now, of course, we've reached that point in the show where you're tired of listening to me waffle on and you'd like some elegance and some ladiness into the format. And that's, of course, when we turn on our torches, we go to the deepest, darkest recesses of the house, and we find Becca in her little paranormal corner, for a section we like to call Becca's Paranormal Reddit Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. So, you join us here at the corner of Becca. It's a very special corner with Becca today because it's going to be as quick as we can because you're very busy, aren't you? I am super busy, Mark. 
Have you got time to say how naughty the cat's been? Because I did say we'd have an update about just how naughty the NC's been. Oh, yeah, the naughty Ava's cat. She was terrible last night. She just kept me awake like the entire night by being a terror. It was like having Taz of Tasmania in the bedroom. Well, she does this sharking around the bed, doesn't she, where she floats around and jumps up and bites and scratches toes. and. Yeah, she proper got my toes last night. She really scratched and it hurt. Um, She wanted to wake me up, I think, for snuggles. So she did come up for snuggles, which I love, but it was too early in the morning. It was yeah. like still, it was 3am, I needed to sleep. And after that, she was just attacking the bed. Yeah. and For the, hours. And, you know, it is the neighbour's cat, of course, but when we move, there's a chance we're going to lose our deposit due to the neighbour's cat. <laughs> yeah, because she's damaged everything. Everything. Like, the uses. stairs are almost bald. Yeah. Yeah, we should stop it. We should, uh, yeah, try and get her to stop somehow. Maybe she should take up a hobby. I'll try and teach her knitting <laughs> or something. Maybe. And then she just sleeps for the entire yeah, day yeah. now. So she's fine. I'm shattered. I said to you this morning, didn't I? said, because we put her cat bed, I mean, the neighbour's cat bed, because we bought her one, on our bed. Mm. So she's like in a raised position. So she's kind of where we would sleep. Yeah. So I said, tonight, today, we should just crawl around the bottom of the bed and put our hands up and claw it air. I know, so I'm just going to get a trumpet and like yeah. just keep waking her up, because it's not nice, is it? That was definitely that. I was getting ready this morning, and I heard Becca literally, just to herself, say to the cat, I'm going to get a trumpet and wake you up <laughs> through the day, aren't I? And I was like, oh, it's so cute you saying that to her. Because um, that was dead naughty, wasn't it? But anyway, this isn't paranormal. We're going to very quickly discuss the paranormal within your paranormal corner. Thank you for letting us in. You're um, and as always, it's Reddit. I pass you a story from Reddit that's within 24 hours old. Wow. So tell us, Becca, what are we going to hear about? Give us a welcome in and tell us about your Reddit Corner. Thank you. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Thank you. This story is called Entity Using My Appearance Need Thoughts. Good inflection. That was a question. Let's begin. Yes. This is my first ever Reddit post and I need some help figuring this experience out. This morning, my younger sister, who is around 14, 15, claimed to see me standing in my doorway looking at her through the crack of my door, then beginning to do some sort of jumping movement, almost as if I were a puppet on strings, <laughs> then proceeded to walk out of my room and into the bathroom that is shared between us in the hallway, saying my face was odd and I didn't blink at all. When I first was told this, I thought maybe I'd begun to sleepwalk, but I've never done anything like that before. Then I asked her what I was wearing. She said I was in a white t-shirt with some sort of writing on the back of it. I wore a completely red shirt to bed that night, and I don't even own any sort of white shirt with writing on the back. I also asked around what time all this happened, and she said around 6.45 in the morning. Now get this, I have been up since around 5.30 in the morning, and in my room at the time she claims to see this happening. My question is, what in the hell could this be? How is something like this even possible? All help and insight appreciated. Interesting. And is there any comments people have made to that? Yes. Well, that's a lengthy reply. It is a lengthy reply. Would you like the lengthy reply? I don't know. Give, really... us, give us the first sentence and we'll see if we're asked. I had something very similar happen to me several years ago. Mm, kind of asked. Give us the next paragraph. <laughs> I was home from school in the daytime and walking through the hallway to my bedroom, passing my sister's room along the way. At this point in my time, my sister had moved out to college, so the room had a bunch of her stuff, but was unused. I tended to get a feeling of being watched from that room, so I usually glanced into it just in case. When I looked, I froze for a few seconds because I could see the closet door open a little bit and saw a thing that looked a lot like me peeking out at me. Ooh. It didn't have a face at all. And how did it look like you? Just smooth. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah, just, well smooth, done. just smooth skin and nothing there. It had my hair though, and its body was shaped like mine. It wore clothes that were kind Arms of like that. I would normally wear, but also maybe more like my sister's clothing. Which oh, is fuck it. off. I didn't look at the thing long enough to get too many details like that. I just sped to my room and hoped it wouldn't come after me. Thankfully, it didn't. 
I think I also told it to leave, but I don't remember. I think it was messing with me because I honestly don't know what the F appeared as a faceless doppelganger would accomplish besides scaring me. I don't think there's such a thing as a faceless doppelganger by definition. Well, yeah. But also, I mean, the first story as well was like, my sister, who's 14 slash 15, what, mm. no, what is she? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She's your sister? How old is your actual sister? Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. My, my sister, who lives with me, and she's somewhere between 10 and 16, don't yeah. know. Yeah. But that second story is actually even better. Yeah, and like a bit like my clothes, but also quite like my sister's. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, what you mean in your sister's closet? Yeah, what yeah. a mystery. It and looked... there's no face, but you're. Yeah, and... you've just seen your sister's clothes, this isn't a mystery. At the start, though, it says, uh, uh, I noticed it looked a little bit like me, but it had no face. It was just smooth. And what is he, a billiard ball or something? Or an egg. Or an egg. I'm just an egg. If he's Humpty Dumpty. But if he is Humpty Dumpty, now, I was going to say, you know. Anyway, so. What do you want, anyway, before we let you get back, I know you're very busy, but let me ask you a much more important question than the work you've got to do. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on doppelgangers? <laughs> well, of course, there's people who look like other people. I don't... No, but I mean... There's no mystery like, around it. Like, you know, I mean, the spooky paranormal idea of doppelgangers, as in, like, an actual double of the person. Normally foretelling death. That's what I mean. I don't... I don't... I don't see anything paranormal. I can think you'd have someone who looks exactly like you, and I think that's oh, just... Oh, okay. That can just happen. Because I thought I saw your doppelganger once, didn't I? Um, walking past... An, well, I actually thought... Yes. You were in, in holiday with, on holiday with your mother in the Canary Islands. Yeah, a few years ago. And I was convinced you'd lied to me, and we're having an affair, <laughs> and saw you walking past uh, a restaurant, didn't I? I just wanted rid of you for a week. Yeah. So but then, interestingly, away. the same restaurant is that restaurant that me and you went in for a meal. No, it's not. It is. It's no, there. it was it's back not. Back at the bus. Lies. No, no lie. Right. On my mother's grave. Okay. Well, this was funny. So we were in this restaurant. So Kevin and I walked into this restaurant. We yeah. had a booking, and as we walked in, we were like, "Hi, uh, we've got a booking under." I think it would be my name. Um, and she kind of looks, and she was like, "Um, yeah, yeah, sure." And we were like, "Okay, a bit odd." Yeah. And she took us through like what was menus, and I got us sat down, and she seemed a bit off. So, you know, just a bit yeah, like yeah. a bit, a bit off, weird, like a bit off. Um, and she came back over a bit later, and she, she said, "I'm awfully sorry about that." She said, "It's just there was a guy who was the absolute." image of you and he's just come in and had dinner with a blonde and left seconds before you came yeah. in so he yeah. she thought you were like not only of it cheating on one of us but, but couldn't be arse moving venue and also happy to eat two three course dinners yeah. back to back <laughs> which now that i'm furnished well, probably, to bobby. Yeah, probably yeah. Manage, but yeah it was really funny because she was like it's the image uh, obviously she'd realized it wasn't you otherwise she would have blown you up yeah which is kind of you know i'm not being a, a, a dick by saying this or be like Ugh, but like i am kind of unique looking like to the point where somebody literally pulled us in town the other day didn't they yeah right yesterday <laughs> so no i've got I've already, i'm like genuinely a little bit offended by this right <laughs> so we're walking around the city center and this guy who's working in the shop says excuse me and he stops and we kind of think oh yeah. god what now um he said do you used to work at the arena so kev's like yeah, 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 like, you still work at the arena, like, oh, what did you do? And the guy's like, oh, I worked on backstage security. And we're like, right. Now, I also worked at the arena for longer than you, yeah. right? <laughs> for, for, like, what, eight years, nine and years, we, something we, like you this? You only work but backstage. But also, I am the one who, at half of the shows at that arena, I was on site for of a night, so yeah. at half, half of them, I worked the evenings and the events. You didn't work no. events, you just did nine to five, the office yeah. hours in the call centre. Yeah. Why did he know you and not me? Exactly. Like, how, how has this actually happened? I mean, the, 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 it's good that, like, you know... Um, and we've had that weird thing, haven't we, that time that we were out in a pub and somebody came over and said, it's you, and you went, what? 
and I was so in the funny. background of a photograph they'd taken two years ago, yeah. and I'd always wondered who that person was. No, they hadn't always wondered. I think they had. In my retelling, no, no, there was a crowd in the sexy background. guy. <laughs> they hadn't always wondered who that person was, but they'd been out and they'd been like, "Wait a minute, I recognise it. How do I?" Yeah, how do I? And it, it was they, they recognised you from a photo that they'd taken two years ago that you were in the background of. So obviously, I was having a quick look because it's a good job you were with me. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. In the yeah. picture, not a blonde girl that's recently fed in a French restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, but it's good. But it also means I could never commit a crime because they'd be like, it's him. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. Oh my God. And while, you know what? Whilst we're, just before I let you go, I just need to sing your praises. Becca has an unbelievable gift, right? And I mean supernatural level gift. Becca can spot someone from in within TV programs from what they were in previously, right? Yeah. And she's, a previous best one was she spotted a guy called Donnie who used to be in Frasier. But this was 30 years later yeah. and he'd put on loads of weight and he had no hair. And he was wearing a hat. And he was wearing a hat. But she spotted him he anyway. briefly in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. But she's she's done. She's killed all that now. She's got a new best Oh, level. yeah. Can I just say, one of, one of my first, one of first proudest moments was we watching Scandal, which mm. everyone should love because it's fantastic. Um, Scandal, the guy, the president, what's it, Fitz? President Fitz. Fitz he <gasps> is the... The um, baddie and ghost. The baddie and ghost with Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. yeah. So she's really good at doing things like this, but she fucking, honest to God, how she pulled this one off, I'll never know. Right, there's a thing on Netflix now called Inventing Anna, and it's dead good. It's got um, the actress out of Ozarks in it. And it's about this reporter, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the, one of the lead actresses in it is the reporter. So we're looking, watching this reporter, blah, blah, blah. Becca looks at her and goes... Now, this woman's like 45, 46, yeah, maybe? Yeah, she's like 40. She's in like 40s. pregnant in it in the, Early in the show. Early 40s. So, yeah. Um, and Becca looks at her and goes, I'm sure that's the seven-year-old girl in My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and it fucking was. It came out in 91 when I was two. It came out in 1991. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I was... I was, I was like, you know what I think? I reckon that's it. Like, I was like, no, you can't... He literally went, you can't have got... Pause it, pause it. Right? Yeah, so I I'm going to Google it right now. There's no way. That. You can't have got... You can't be right on this. And it was, seriously, she... If anyone's listening for this who works for Interpol or anything where you need someone who can spot what people might look like in the future, Becca's got a natural <laughs> gift for it. Genuinely. <laughs> so there you go. Sing in your praises before you. you get back to work. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so thank you for once again letting us into your corner. Okay. I'll let you get back to your busy, busy, busy day. And thank you for talking, us, talking to us about doppelgangers, it turned out, off the back of this Reddit story. You are welcome. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. Ah, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>